The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. All right, you may be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into the Word of God. We have, you know, quite a um, distance to cover this morning. How many of you really want, a, you know, good Bible teaching this morning? You are looking forward to that? Let me see your hands. All right, praise God. All right, let's turn our Bibles. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, the gift of God. The Holy Spirit, the gift of God. Yes, last week we were able to see that the Spirit of God is a person and the Spirit of God is also a power. You fellowship with the person of the Spirit, but you use the power of the Spirit. You fellowship with the person of the Spirit, but you use the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. All right, we looked at that. And we're going to be delving deeper into that. I think last week we also explained the concept of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm not remember that, where we explained the concept of the Logos, that Jesus is the what? Visible manifestation of the word invisible God. Jesus is God we can see. All right? Jesus is God we can see. To have an understanding of the person of God, you look to Jesus because Jesus explains God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 says that he is the image, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Hallelujah. Then we looked at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 that calls Jesus the effulgence of God's glory and calls Jesus the express all right, the express image of his person. So to understand the person of God, you look at Jesus because Jesus is a visible manifestation of the invisible God. In St. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? Was God. We are able to explain that the word there is logos, and logos is talking about the explanation of a, of a thing. So when Jesus is called the logos of God, he is saying that Jesus explains God. Jesus is the word understanding of God. To understand God, you look at who? At Jesus. Then in 14, he now says, and the logos of God, and the word of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hallelujah. So what we find is that Jesus corrects everything. Every misconception that men have had of God. Jesus is the correct interpretation of the character of God. Jesus is the correct explanation of the person of God. Jesus is the correct what? Um, how will I put, put it? The correct translation of the nature and the character of God. It is in Jesus we truly clearly understand God without shadows. That's why Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Alright? Whenever you have light fully present, shadows are obliterated. Hallelujah. So Jesus alright, is the light of the world and when we see Jesus as we should, we now begin to understand who God is without any shadows, without any confusion. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. So when we understand who Jesus is, we understand who God is. If we understand who Jesus is, we understand who God is. There is no explanation of God outside of the person of Jesus. Any interpretation of the nature and character of God without Jesus as the face of the interpretation is a misinterpretation. 
Let me say that again. Any interpretation of the nature and character of God away from the face of Jesus is a misinterpretation. You see, when we study the Old Testament, it looks as though God hates sinners and wants to destroy the sinner. But when we understand and read through Jesus, we find out that God actually loves sinners. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. When we read in the Old Testament, all right, it seems as though, not as that's what he's saying, but it seems as though, all right, that God, the love of God for man is dependent on on his performance but when we read in the new testament in romans chapter 5 verse 18 when we read and see through the eyes of jesus we find out that god loved man even in his rebellious states so in romans 5 8 he says for god commended his love towards us that while we were yet what sinners christ did what died for what the ungodly so while we were at our worst god demonstrated his love for us by giving jesus to die praise god so jesus shows us who god really is god is love hallelujah so in all jesus did you see a manifestation of love a manifestation of mercy hallelujah now who is the holy spirit that's what we want to find out turn your bible to the book of genesis Praise God. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter number 1. For those coming to Oikia for the first time, Oikia Leki, God bless you. Thank you. Oh my God, we had a wonderful service. First service, all right, in Leki this morning. Um, not Leki, uh, this morning. It was powerful. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis chapter number 1. Are you ready? Uh, talk to me, church. Are you ready? Yeah. Alright, Genesis 1 and verse 1. What does it say? It says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, what? God created the heaven and the earth. That word God is Elohim. Right? Elohim. Now, in the Hebrew, you have singular words and plural words. Alright? Elohim is plural. Okay? It's plural. Alright? Um... It doesn't mean that God is more than one in terms of that there are several gods. No. All right. Elohim is plural in that it talks about a fullness of perfection, a completeness in number. So when he's saying Elohim, he's saying that every single thing that is God is what we call Elohim. Are you following? So that means perfection, completion, fullness, Elohim. Praise God. So he says, all right, and in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Everybody read verse 2, 1, 2, go. And he says what? And void. And darkness was what? Upon the face of the deep. And what? The Spirit of God moved upon the what? The face of the waters. So the Spirit of God is the first person we see introduced to us as all right doing something you know in scripture we have all right the father being mentioned all right the father then we have the son but the first person all right outside of the father and son mentioned as doing something in the book in the bible the book of genesis is the spirit of god he says and the spirit of god what moved upon the face of the waters the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters then he now says and god said so that means God's actions, the actions of the Father, hallelujah, praise God, is usually done through the agency of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the power of God, is the power of creation. The manifestation of God in the realm of the physical is via the Holy Spirit. God does nothing on the earth without the agency of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Alright, the Holy Spirit. God does nothing on the earth without the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God on the move. The Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God, the invisible manifestation of God in the, in the visible earth. Now, let, let, me, let me break it down to you. We define the word of Jesus as the visible manifestation of the invisible God. So that means Jesus is God we see in the atrium. Hallelujah. Now, the Holy Spirit of God is, all right, the invisible manifestation of God in the atrium. In Jesus, God moved visibly. In you know, God moved visibly, so we could see Him, we could touch Him, we ate with Him, we slept with Him. He, he was hungry. That's a visible manifestation of the invisible God. But the Holy Ghost is the invisible. In that is God moving in time, but we can't see Him, but we can see what His effects. Oh, hallelujah! Let me show you something. Saint John's Gospel, chapter three. John 3. Look at what he says here. And I want you to pay attention here. He says something. Jesus was talking to a, a guy called Nicodemus. Nicodemus, he was a ruler. He was like a professor of Jewish theology. He was a rabbi, a teacher. Now Jesus was talking to him and talking to him about being born again. Hallelujah. You know, being born again. Now, let's look at what Jesus says to him. All right, pay attention now. From verse 3, everybody say, John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot what? Talk to me. He cannot what? Now, hold on. No, hold on. Hold on. He said, Except a man be born again. I want to ask you a question. How many of you, all right, gave birth to yourself? Okay, how many of you were aware when they were giving birth to you? How many were aware? It means that being born is not an act of your will. Amen. It is the act of the will of somebody else. Is that correct? Is that correct? So that means, for example, you were born when your father and your mother wanted to have a kid. Or even if they didn't plan to have a kid, they had sex. And there was a, a process set in place for children to be born. Is that correct? So that means you were conceived and born and you had nothing to do with it. Praise God. So when Jesus said, except a man be born again, he's implying that being born again, glory to God, is an action, hallelujah, of certain personalities independent of that man. Are you following? Are you following? Okay, put your hand in John 3. Let's go to John 1. Let's see something. John 1 and verse... John 1 and 12. 
John 1 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he what? Power, authority, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, verse 13. 13, everybody read. It says what? Which were what? Born. Not of blood, nor of the will of what? The flesh, nor of the will of man, but of what? God. Which means, the man that is born again, was born or is born hallelujah of the will of god so that means just like the natural born child is born without being consulted without his will being part of the process hallelujah but by the will and the activity glory to god of the father and the mother the born again man is born not of his natural will Glory to God. Now, that guy that is born again is born again or comes to be as a result of the interaction of two things. The word of God and what? The Holy Ghost. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. So, when the gospel is preached and you are hearing it, two things are happening. You are hearing the gospel, that is the word. Then the Holy Ghost is acting on the word you are hearing, glory to God, to give rise to what? Faith in your heart. Glory to God. So, your heart is the stadium. Your heart is the laboratory where two things are working together. To produce what? Born again. Did you get that? First Peter 1 Peter 1.23 says what? Being what? Eh? Not of what? Not of corruptible seed, but of what? Incorruptible by the word of God that liveth and abideth for. So when you say you are born again, what you are testifying to and what you are saying is that God gave birth to me. Hi, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, and the thing is. Your being born again now is not something you can boast about. As having been done by you. It is something that was done by the will of who? The will of who? God, not your will. You heard the word. The Holy Ghost helped you believe it. Did anybody see Jesus on the cross physically? Did you see him on the cross physically? Anybody was there 2,000 years ago? No. Which means, if nobody was there 2,000 years ago, it means that our accepting that Jesus died 2,000 years ago has to be by the operation of what? Faith. Glory to God. It means that we read it and we what? We believed it. So, for you to come to that place of believing that Jesus came 2,000 years ago and died for your sin has to be by the power of the Spirit of God because you need help to believe such a thing. Man is a natural doubter. Man is wired to doubt. Especially, you know, the natural man will say, until I see it, I will not, what? Believe it. So Jesus Christ said, blessed are they who have not seen it, but yet, what? Believe it. What is he talking about? He's blessing those who are of the heritage of faith. That's me and you. So we are born again 
of the word of God and we are born again of the spirit of God. John 3, 5. John 3, 5. So when we are talking about the Holy Ghost, we are talking about your parents. Hallelujah. No, we shout in this church when the word of God took us somehow. Amen. Alright, this is not a cemetery. Where you'll be like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Holy Ghost is your father. He gave birth to you. Hallelujah. Now, do you understand what that means? You are born of the will of God. You are born of the will of the Holy Ghost. You know when I hear people talk about losing their salvation? You know that communication of losing your salvation and uh, uh, salvation not being eternal, all right? It comes from the perspective that salvation was your idea. That you woke up one day and said, okay, now I want to be saved. I don't know I mean, if you understand what I'm saying. I want to be saved. Now I want to stop doing bad, bad things. You understand? But it always takes away. There is a lack of understanding that that coming to that actualization that Jesus is the savior of the world and Jesus is the propitiation of my sins is not something you can arrive at by yourself. It takes the operation of the spirit to arrive at it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So for a man to come to say Jesus is Lord, it is the work of the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, what does it say? It says, no man can say that Jesus is Lord by what? But by the Spirit. So the coming to that place to acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus cannot be done by a man by himself. Man without the help of the Spirit of God will be a rebel against the gospel. He will mock the gospel. He will laugh at the gospel. But for a man to agree with the gospel, the Holy Ghost has worked in his heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say aloud, I'm being blessed. I am blessed, for I have believed the gospel. So look at it, John 3 and 5. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 6. Everybody read. 1, 2, it says what? That which is born of the flesh is what? Talk to me now. That which is born of the flesh is what? And that which is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be what? Born again. So that means the man who has been born again is born of the Holy Ghost. So he's born of the word and he's born of the spirit. Say, I've been born of the word. Louder. I am born of the word. I am born of the word. I'm born of the spirit. Louder. I'm born of the word. I'm born of the spirit. I can do what the word says I can do. I can do what the spirit says I can do. Glory to God. Your identity comes from your parents. Your identity comes from your source. Oh, hallelujah. You are not James from Abulegba. Hallelujah. You are James, born of God. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. When circumstances and situations come your way, stop tracing your ability to meet it from your natural lineage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stop tracing it. You are born of the Holy Ghost. Do you know who the Holy Ghost is? At least you see, when we say you are born of a person, at least let us talk about what this your person did. Make we examine what your papa do. How is that my broken? Is it okay? Hallelujah. Did he enter? Examine what he did. 
The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the creator of the whole world. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God fashioned the heavens by his spirit. Hallelujah. It was by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Moses was able to part the Red Sea. The Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. In uh, Second Kings, praise God. Alright, chapter number 2 was how Elijah was able to part Jordan and walk on it for his convenience. It was by the Spirit of God, Jesus was able to do mighty signs, miracles and wonders. Acts 10, 38. It says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For what? God was with him the holy ghost the holy ghost showing you even the ministry of jesus in matthew 3 we find out that the ministry of jesus all right could not start until the holy ghost came showing you that in the earth realm nothing can happen that is of god without the agency of the holy ghost the holy ghost is the governor oh hallelujah Amen. You know, many times you have this expression used, kingdom of God. I'm afraid of kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. All right? Kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Except a man be born again, he cannot what? Enter the kingdom. So many people come with what is the kingdom of God? The word kingdom is from a Greek word basilia, and it means reign. Kingdom has two things in it. You have a king and you have a what? A domain. So when we are talking about a kingdom, we talk about the kingdom, uh, the king and the territory he governs over. Are you following? We're talking about the king and the territory he governs over. Hallelujah. So when we are talking about the kingdom of God, we are talking about the terrain where God is king. Amen. Amen. Now, so Jesus tells us that except a man be born again, which is to be born of the word and to be born of the spirit, he cannot what? See God's reign and he cannot enter into God's reign. So what is God's reign? What is God's reign? Hallelujah. What is God's reign? Well, Jesus saying, speaking in Luke 17, 21, he says, do not look over there when they are telling you about the kingdom. Do not look over there. Do not look over there. He said, for the kingdom of God is not, does not come by observation. For the kingdom of God is where? Within you. Oh, within me. Because, you know, when people think about the kingdom, they are thinking of houses and talking about, you know, structures and all. But Jesus says the kingdom, all right, is within me. Then Paul, in the book of Romans, comes along and he says, all right, all right, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, let me, let me break down that scripture to you because it's important for us to break it down. Turn your Bible to Romans quickly. I believe that one of the things why the church is, um, is still growing, it will give me an opportunity, you know, to actually um, build a foundation of what I always do and what I always uh, try to place emphasis on is this, is that I always try to make sure that we place a very, very great emphasis on 
proper Bible teaching, you know, then grace ministers, then we grow from folks who have, you know, have an understanding of, you know, the doctrine. Now, look at Romans chapter number 14. I want to show you, so do some small Bible study for you. Ah, hallelujah. In case you are wondering, Pastor, why are you not using paper Bible? No vex. I like digital stuff better. Amen. Holy Ghost has not stopped using me because since I started using digital Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you are using paper Bible, it's fine. Holy Ghost doesn't vex for you. Holy Ghost doesn't vex for me. He's happy with all of us. Glory to God. Because I hear some people have something against Bible in the pad. And when someone goes shouting, when someone shouting, how can you be, be very sure Bible? You are bringing tab, it's tablet Bible. Well, it's word of God. Paper just happens to be the platform where they put the word of God. Are you following? Are you following? Which means if Moses had apple, he would have put the word of God inside the apple. Glory to God. He could put it on a tablet. It's not tablet, he put it on Exodus 20. But his own tablet was stone. My own is digital. You understand? I can tell you when we get to heaven, Moses will say, I wish you had, had mm, mm, nah, I wish I had what you had. Though, eh? You know, it's just that this stupid Steve Jobs, it didn't come during our time. So we had to be using stone and uh, chisel to be putting it inside stone. Nah, man, praise God. Mm. Perhaps there's somebody here wondering, you know. Glory to God. It's still the word of God. Look at him and say, it's still the word. <laughs> Romans chapter number 14. Hmm. Verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not in what? Meat and drink. But what? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hold on. Now, oh, glory to God. Many times you think that in that construction, it looks as though it's saying righteousness by his side, peace by his side, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh-uh. The righteousness, the peace, and the joy are where? In the Holy Ghost. Which means the kingdom of God is where? In the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So the man who has received the spirit of God has received the kingdom. The man who has received the kingdom, the spirit of God has inherited the kingdom. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The man who has received the spirit of God, all right, has inherited the kingdom. He has seen the kingdom and has entered the kingdom. Because the Holy Ghost is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, you will now begin to see that the communication to the man who has believed is that he has been blessed with all spiritual blessing. The word spiritual there is pneumaticos and it means that we pertains to the spirit. Glory to God. So if you have been born again, you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Every single thing in the Holy Ghost is in you. Look at it now. Turn to Ephesians 1.3. Let's read it. Amen. Ephesians 1.3. Read. Uh-huh. Hold on. Did he say who is going to bless us? He says who what? Heart blessed us. With all what? Spiritual blessings. 
We are in heavenly places in Christ. Heavenly days, Eperanus. Eperanus is talking about the realm of the spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say aloud, I've been blessed with all the Holy Ghost. Lord, I have been blessed with all the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Jesus said in St. John's Gospel 14, then John's Gospel 16, he called the Holy Ghost another comforter. You remember that? Remember that? Another comforter. The word comforter, all right, another comforter, you have another comforter. That word another is the word alus. Alright? Alos. Now, what does alos mean? Alos means another one of the same kind. Amen. Now, what is Jesus saying when he says, alright, after I leave, I will send another comforter. And, uh, you know, what is he saying? Jesus is not saying, I am sending somebody else that looks different from me. Because if that was what he meant, instead of alos, he would have said, I will send another, and the another that he will use will be eteros. Because eteros means what? Somebody else. Another one of a different kind. Are you following? But instead, he says, I will send you alos. I will send another one of the same kind. So what he's saying is that this person I'm going to send you is me, but in another form. So the Holy Ghost is also called the Spirit of what? Christ. Romans 8. Look at Romans 8 and from verse 8 to 9. The Spirit of Christ. Which means if he is the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost will not speak in contradiction to Christ. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of what? Of prophecy. So the spirit of God will not speak in a negative um, sense to Christ. Romans 8. Romans 8 and verse 8. Look at what he says. He says... So then that are in the flesh cannot please God. Nine. He says, but ye are not in the flesh, but we are in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of what? Of what? Christ is what? None of his. Which means the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, is the spirit of Christ. So how do we better explain this? Amen. The Holy Ghost is Jesus everywhere. The Holy Ghost is Jesus unlimited. Jesus in his earthly ministry was limited, all right, in his body. Because he, the Bible says that, um, and the word became flesh. And the word became flesh. And the word became a human being. And because he became flesh, he was limited in that he had to be in one place at a time. Hallelujah. As a man. Amen. Glory to God. The Bible lets us understand, all right, that for a season, Jesus, all right, God became flesh. And that manifestation of God become flesh is called the Son of God. That's Jesus. And it was in that sense, in that form for 33 and a half years. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right? For 33 and a half years. 
But the Holy Ghost, after Jesus died, glory to God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Jesus was now given free of a human body. To dwell in us that have human body. As it dwelt in Jesus when he was on earth. So that Jesus can continue to do what he was doing in his earthly ministry through everybody that says, I receive you. So the Holy Ghost is Jesus everywhere. The earthly Jesus was a Jew. Hallelujah. But by the Holy Ghost, Jesus lives in Asians. Jesus lives in Africans. Jesus lives in Americans. Jesus lives in Indians. Jesus lives in anyone that says yes to him. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost amplifies the ministry of Jesus. The Spirit of God is an amplifier. The Spirit of God is a magnifier. The Spirit of God is a multiplier. All right? Nothing remains small in the hand of the Holy Ghost. Look at what happened with Jesus when he was in his meeting. And the Bible says that there was no food. But there were several people. And Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. He said, ah, no food. And they've been with me three days. Hallelujah. Amen. Then they said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Then the disciples come to him and say, oh, there's no way. Let's send them. Let them go and figure it out. And I said, can't you can't give them food? And the disciples said, even if we spend this amount of money, we will not be able to buy food to meet all these people because, you know, we can't just get enough food for them. Then Andrew says, there's a young lad here that has a lunch. Five bread and two fish. Now, just for a moment, how many of you know that that young guy, some of you that never occurred to us, but that young guy ate a lot. Do you know what Jewish bread was like? I don't know if you have seen Jewish bread. It's usually this big, big stuff. How can a small boy eat five? Glory to God. Five and two fish. Then they give it to Jesus. Jesus blesses it. The Holy Ghost multiplied it. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost does what? Multiplies it. And the truth about it was that the men and women there ate that bread. Brother, it was the best bread they have ever eaten. Because in John's Gospel chapter 6, the Bible says that when Jesus Christ went shipping, took shipping, you know, and, and was traveling, these guys were following him. And Jesus said, you people did not, are not following me because you saw miracles. He said, because you ate of the bread and you were few. Because it was, the bread was not normal. You think Holy Ghost will bake bread and it will be like, uh, you know, agege? No. Hallelujah. They were pursuing Jesus for the bread. Holy Ghost is like that way. Hallelujah. Listen to me and hear me very well. Do not limit what you think the Spirit of God can do. One big mistake you can make as a believer is to place a cap on what the Spirit of God can do. Amen. He can help you with your business. He can tell you what to do. Amen. He can change your life. He can give you the instructions that you need. Glory to God. Now look at Isaiah chapter 11. 
Ah, it's the Spirit of God that will guide you. It's the Spirit of God that will lead you. Hallelujah. Learn to fellowship with the Spirit of God. And learn to follow the leadings of the Spirit. You have to learn it. You have to learn it. You have to learn it. That voice telling you, read your Bible. Don't go out with those guys again. Stop doing this. Stop drinking this. Stop doing That's the voice of the Spirit. Listen. Don't be disobedient. Listen. Hallelujah. Listen. That suggestion, why don't you join them to pray? Hallelujah. Why don't you ask Brother Isaac, all right, where, when his meeting, his cell meeting will start? Listen to that voice. Listen to the voice that says, ah, don't stop, stop stealing, stop lying. That voice, listen, listen, listen. Take your studies in, uh, seriously. Have you read, read your Bible today? Listen, because you see, the way the Spirit of God operates is this. He will call to you. He will call to you. The moment you respond, then he will bring you into a deeper relationship. How many of you remember Samuel? How many of you remember Samuel? You remember the story of Samuel, all right? Samuel, all right, in the book of um, 1 Samuel chapter number 2, was a young child. Then, as a young child, God was calling to him, calling to him, Samuel, Samuel. Now, Samuel, as a young child, had not yet discerned the voice of the Holy Ghost. He had not discerned it yet. So he thought it was Eli that was calling him. And he will run to Eli and say, I'm here. And he did that three times. Then Eli told him, he said, the next time that voice calls to you, say, speak, Lord, for what? Your servant is what? Listening. Why? Because God will call to you. He will call to you. Wants to lead you. But you see, the depth of the relationship, going into something deeper, is dependent on your response. Say, yes, Lord, I'm listening. He tells you this, you obey. Then you now find out that it will move to just calling to a fellowship, a discussion. The Spirit of God will now open your eyes to see things. You will now begin to get details. Hallelujah. Now begin to get details. You now begin to understand that life is more than what you think it is. You now understand that there is more to life than what you think it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11. Now, look at Isaiah 11 and verse 1. He says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the, the stem of Jesse. He's talking about Jesus, because Jesus is the rod that, kept, uh, that came out of the stem of Jesse. Jesse is the uh, father of David. Uh, the stem is, you know, all right, um, David himself. So that rod that comes out of the stem is the Christ. So he says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Now, he's telling you and showing you, glory to God, the character of the spirit. He says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of dominion. Amen. The spirit of the Lord does not come to take sides. He comes to take over. Praise God. So that's why when the spirit of the Lord is in a place, there is what? Overwhelming liberty. Not liberty to sin, a liberty to do God's will. Because the people of God are usually kept from doing God's will by the flesh and the devil. So when the Spirit of God takes over, there will be liberty, alright, to do God's will. There will be a liberty to see God beyond the veil. Hallelujah. 
He said, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. You see that? So the spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now, if you look at this characteristics of the spirit of god you will find out that most of those dimensions being mentioned all right refer mostly to the operation of the spirit of god as an instructor wisdom counsel knowledge wisdom counsel knowledge ever say wisdom counsel knowledge then the fourth one mentioned is understanding so there are seven qualities mentioned of the spirit and four are about what instruction knowledge understanding counsel wisdom telling you that you cannot have a relationship with that with the spirit of god and there will not be a byproduct of what wisdom understanding knowledge counsel one clear core characteristics of fellowship with the Spirit of God is that you will have direction. Because the Spirit of God will counsel you in the way that you should go. One clear byproduct of a fellowship with the Spirit is that you have lights. Lights. Amen. Light. Clarity. Clarity. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of counsel. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of knowledge. That is what He does. That is what He does. Now, we have been born of the Spirit of God, but it is only via prayer, spending time with God, that you will get to know the Spirit of God. How many of you know that you can be born of someone and not know Him? Amen. I said, Amen. I have heard of folks that grew up thinking their father was a saint. They later found out their father was a robber. And you know, be things like, there is nothing about him that, you know, gave up that this thing. The issue is you didn't know the person. Amen. You didn't what? Know the person. Because it is true fellowship you will know. Now, okay, let's look at this. Second Corinthians 13. Is it second? Yeah, second Corinthians 13, 14. Is what we commonly call the grace. The grace. The grace. But let's explain it. Can we read it? What does it say? Second Corinthians 13, 14 says what? Ah, now let's read it. One, two, go. Read. Mm -hmm. Read it again. For the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the what? And the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all now. Now, I'm have you noticed something very interesting. If you look at the King James Bible, that word be is, is in Italic. Is that correct? Is it in Italic in your Bible? Is it in Italic in your Bible? Right? Now, because you see, when it says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, it looks as though it's a, it's make, it's a, it's a prayer. Because what that would imply is that the grace is not with you. We are praying that it be with you. Is that correct? Come on. Is that correct? All right. Now, there are two things you find in prayer. Usually, prayer will talk about something that is not in you and with you. We are praying that it should be in you and with you. Praise God. 
Then also, in the epistles, you also have statements that are, uh, are made, not because it's not in you, but to bring you to an acknowledging that it is with you. Amen? Now, let us read 2 Corinthians 13, 14 without the B. Now, one, two, go. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the what? Uh-huh. Is what? With you all. Which means, he's telling you that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit with you all. So that means he's saying he's with you. Is that correct? Now, let's also now do a further analysis of 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Because many times on the cursory read, you would think that he's saying that there is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion. So it makes it look as though it is three different things. Praise God. Praise God. All right. All right. Because when you study the scriptures properly, okay, all right, um, you find out that the grace of God... What is grace? Unmerited favor. That means God treating a man or woman in a way they don't deserve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what is love? What is agape? Unconditional love. Which is to what? Treat a man or a woman, all right, doing good to them independent of their what? Of their actions. Which means grace is what? Is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of our Lord Jesus is that he came to die, was buried, rose from the grave, um, rose from the grave, and gave redemption free of charge to all men. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he's now telling you that that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is what? The love of God. Because the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ came by the what? The love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. Which means, grace, glory to God, came because of God's love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that means you cannot separate the grace of God from the love of God. For the grace of God, hallelujah, is a result of the love of God. For grace came or is instigated by love of God for man. Hallelujah. Are you following? So when he says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the love of God, hallelujah, now that love of God and that grace of God, oh glory to God, here's where you get delicious. That love of God and that grace of God is now your experience. How? By the communion of the Holy Ghost. Because the grace of God and the love of God is not the current experience of every man and woman that Jesus died for. Are you, fo are you, is this, are you following? Because there are a lot of people that are born again that have not believed. Even though God's grace has um, made available salvation to them because of God's love for them. But right now, they are not enjoying what God has made available. Why? Because they have not believed. So it means that they, alright, though God's grace has been made available to them, and though God's love has been shed abundantly on them, they have not come into the communion of the Holy Spirit. Alright? It has not been made real with them. Because the word communion you find here in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, actually is koinos, the Greek word koinos. And what does this mean? It means oneness. 
Hallelujah. It means that two people have been joined together. Two people have been made one. Hallelujah. So he's telling you that, all right, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the joining together of the Holy Ghost. So that means the Holy Ghost partnership, the communion of the Holy Ghost, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost is what has made the grace and love real in us. So Paul is not talking about something they should have or they will have. Paul is bringing them into an acknowledgement of what has happened in them. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes Jesus real to you. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes redemption real to you. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes salvation real to you. So, you're in a service. And we're worshiping. How many of you have been in services and you're worshiping? And you feel the love of God wrap you like a garment. How many of you feel that? Now, what has happened? All right. The love of God is not in a feeling. God's love was demonstrated on the cross. But the Spirit of God will bring you a manifestation of God's affection to you in real time. Are you following? Are you following? So whenever you have Christians doubting God's love for them, what has happened or what is going on, they have lost connect with the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible says, be not drunk with wine when it is excess, but be filled what? with the Spirit. Because when you are filled with the Spirit, you maintain that consciousness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When you get to a point where you are always doubting God's love for you, when you are always getting depressed and wondering, hey, what is going on is that there is a shortage of Holy Ghost in liberation. There is a shortage of Holy Ghost influence in that man. Because that man that is full of the Spirit, there is a way he sees. There is a way he talks. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Ghost will make redemption real to you. The Holy Ghost will make Christ real to you. The Holy Ghost will make the Father real to you. Glory to God. The Holy Ghost will make you see the better thing. Because the Holy Ghost is not only in your today. It was not only in your yesterday. The Holy Ghost is in your tomorrow. So he knows how tomorrow will turn out. So when you're about giving up today, Holy Ghost will say, don't give up. The future is better. The future is brighter. Hallelujah. This is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And when you don't listen to him, he will invite you to a church like this. He will cause somebody to give you a flyer, an eye view, or he will make you stumble on something on Twitter. And you see it to make an impression in your heart. You now say, I gotta come. Then you come, then you hear words from a preacher that he has been trying to tell you by yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the Holy Spirit. And he wants to make Jesus real to you. And he wants you to know that every single thing you've seen in the scripture, they are not fables. They are not fables. I don't know where you have, you know, sometimes things happen in life and you now begin to ask questions on whether, where, where is God? You know, where is God? Why did this happen and why did that happen? All right. What the Spirit of God is going to do for you is that he will show you clearly. Bring to you an assurance that God has got this. You have nothing to fear. God has got you. You have nothing to worry. What is it you are worried, worried about? Oh, you are worried about, I'm 35. I'm not married. Relax. God has got this. Praise God. Praise God. 
Oh, I'm 28. I've not got a job yet. I'm a graduate. God has got it. He has gone into your tomorrow. Praise the Lord. He has gone into your tomorrow. He has gone into your tomorrow. Amen. He has gone into your tomorrow. You don't have to resort to crime or doing any funny business and all. No, God has got you. He has gone into your tomorrow. If you would listen to him and you listen to his counsel, he will show you what to do. He will tell you where to go. He will show you where to head in. But you have to trust him. The Bible says, the thoughts I have for you, I know the thoughts I have towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. To bring you to an expected end. So the question is, will you trust the Holy Ghost? Will you trust God? Trust in Him, my God. Ah, trust in Him. Let me just share this story and, and I'm close. I'm praying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I have had a roller coaster ride with the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's been a real roller coaster. <laughs> I remember I finished from medical school and I had the opportunity to travel abroad, you know. I had the opportunity to travel to Australia, United Kingdom, America. I mean, basically, I had people, relatives in these places who were doctors and said, hey, come, because I'm a medical doctor. And come, let's come and do your residency and all of that so that you can qualify. I know practicing there probably. Be, many of you have gotten to know me from some Facebook stuff. From Australia or Canada, <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, but the Spirit of God said, No, don't do it. Hallelujah. So it's guiding me. You're going to do this. You're going to go into the ministry. I've called you to the ministry. All right, this is what I want you to do. So, you know, I had to close my eyes to several opportunities, several opportunities because of the voice of the Spirit. Because there is a path predestined for me to walk in. Just as though there's a path predestined for you to walk in. So I had to listen to his voice. I said, okay, we're going to do this all right like that. You know, so I couldn't walk in normal hospitals because of time. I had to be around on Sunday and do ministry and do what the weekend and you know. And all. So he said, okay, start a hospital. Praise God. Then after some time, he said, sell the hospital. You understand? Start the hospital. Sell the hospital. So it got to a point, after five, six years of finishing school, I checked. had nothing to really show for it except the money I got from selling the hospital. Amen. <laughs> I said, when I got from selling the hospital. Then he said, sell the hospital and go into full-time ministry. Okay. I went into full-time ministry for three years. Then later gave me permission to go back into the corporate world. Like that. So he's going to be leading. Like that. Leading, leading. Then after some time, you look back. Wow, Holy Ghost. Man, me and you have come a long way. Life is too dangerous for you to live it without the help of a spirit being. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? You need the Holy Ghost. You cannot be living your life on assumptions. You need insight. You need to have fellowship with the one that knows tomorrow. Praise God. You need insight. Why are we here in Lekki? Spirit of God, last year, 
So this is what you are doing. Is the year of planting churches? Is the year of spreading? Believe me, I'd rather I'd not be here. I'll prefer it. You understand? I'll prefer it, really. You know? But he said so. So, whenever the Spirit of God says, do this, yes, boss. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Praise the Lord. So, I mean, we're planting on that church in Ottawa very soon. And I was looking at, I said, Lord, we need money for this. I was talking to I said, Lord, we need money for this. <laughs> why would you just pay? Why would we do one, two years of this three centers business? Why, 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 why? He said, plant the church. Plant it. That's how the Holy Ghost is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One time at home. Because the Spirit of God will be involved in every single thing. Even my home. I remember one time like that. I was just in the parlor and all. Then my wife just came out. She just came. Out, once in the kitchen and all. Then the Lord just said, Stop. Go to Talani. And lay your hands on her and say so, so, so and such words. And why would I lay hands on her? She went, whoa! You know, there was no usher. So I had to lay hands and be usher. So sometimes, many of the things you're seeing in my wife's life is impartation, like things like that that happen in our home. By the Spirit. You can actually have a family that is inundated with the Holy Ghost. Oh, you should see our home. Ha! <laughs> I'm not trying to, I'm just telling you, you know, sometimes in my house, I mean, I'm one place talking in tongues somewhere, wifey is talking in tongues somewhere, and Jason is trying to find who to latch on to, you understand? Because he's feeling left out. Praise God. So we have to get a domestic staff. So the domestic staff's job is to be holding Jason when he's back from school, so that me and the wife can be talking in tongues somewhere, you know, Hallelujah. Because we got to hear, we got to hear, we got to hear, we got to know what the Spirit is saying. We got no time to be doing fleshy stuff. Hallelujah. We got to hear. Praise the Lord. Amen. And in church like this, one of the things we can do is that we can bless each other with operations of the Spirit. Now, you see, operations of the Spirit doesn't have to be weird. Eh? To be weird, you know, I remember, you know, in, back in the seventies, eighties, most of the operations of the spirit, except for the likes of Archbishop Benson in Dawuza, then um, um, Prophet Ayobaba Lola before him. All right, most of the you know spirituals was usually in the white garment churches. You understand? You know, you know, you know, you know that's a funny thing, really, because the funny thing is that most of you know. Prophesying and all of that was in white government churches. People criticize, but because it was not proper training and Bible training, you know, training and stuff like that, they were setting wildfires here and there in such places. But the thing about it is, the Spirit of God always wants to manifest Himself in our services. He wants to speak to me and you. Praise the Lord. Now, everybody, rise up. Turn to First Corinthians fourteen. First Corinthians fourteen. First Corinthians 14 and verse 25 into 26. Everybody read one to go. It says what?
Uh huh. Twenty six now says what? Uh huh. Yes. Every one of you had a son. As this brother here comes to the word, this brother here comes to the word, this brother here comes to the word. Everyone he said, every one of you had a psalm, had a doctrine, had a tongue, had a revelation, had an interpretation. Which means that the local church is supposed to be or is a place where everybody comes to bless the assembly with the fruits of their fellowship in a relationship with the Spirit. Are you following? Are you following? Yes. Yes. That way, you find out that as a word of prophecy comes out in the midst, somebody who is about to, you know, get into some dumb stuff is saved by the word. Someone who is weak is strengthened by the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, there is a serious danger if you don't develop your relationship with the Spirit and get to know the Holy Ghost more because there will be a limitation to how much God can use you to bless the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Say out loud, I give myself to the Holy Spirit. I yield my mind. Louder. I yield my mind to the Holy Ghost. I yield my spirit to the Holy Ghost. I yield my body to the Holy Ghost. All of me belongs to Him. All of me belongs to Him. My eyes are opened to see. Louder. My eyes are opened to see. My ears are opened to hear. My legs are instructed to go in the direction that He leads me to go. Where he goes, I go. Where he goes, I go. Where he goes, I go. Louder. Where he goes, I go. Where he leads, I follow. Where he leads, I follow. I am receptive to the leading of the Spirit. I am receptive to the leading of the Spirit. I am not stubborn. I am not disobedient. I am receptive. I am receptive to the leading of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Can we lift up our hands and just worship Him and bless the name of our Lord? Come on, go ahead. Oh, glory to God. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say, Lord. What you pray, I pray. What you pray, I pray. Where you go, I go. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. What you pray, I pray. What you pray, pray, I pray. Where you go, I go. What you pray, I feel. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say, God. What you pray, I pray.
You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.